0: To change your facts, you just need to change your filter. Okay, it's a long title, I know. You don't need to change your fact. You just need to change your filter. When Abraham, he was standing on the top of a mountain with his, uh, uh, with his cousin Lot, and they were looking out over the land. God. Abraham said to Lot, you can take whatever you want. And Lot, he chose to take the land that was fruitful. The Jordan Valley and all that stuff, and he went there with all his family. When Lot has left Abraham, he was there alone, and God spoke to Abraham, and He said, "Abraham, look around. Whatever the 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 thing you see north, south, east, and west, I will give to you." So He just gave away the best land, but then God said, "Don't be, a, don't be, don't be." Um, Don't be disturbed in your spirit by the fact that the rest is not a good land. It's very dry. Whatever you see, Abraham, I will give to you. And I believe in that very moment, God gave Abraham new eyes to see. God helped Abraham to see things in a new perspective. I believe that in that very moment, Abraham, he saw the desert blossom. In that very moment, he saw how his siblings would plant seed and would harvest in the areas where there was only sand and no life. You see, when God changes our perspective, that will change our life. Can I tell you a short story about my son? Some of you have heard it before. I have five kids and uh, the middle one of them, his name is Daniel and he's now 31 years old. Years ago he left faith and he left God and uh, thought that he could live his own life and and that he could find his own solutions and For years we prayed for Daniel and we knew that he was as, at the same time as he was starting to become an engineer he was he was experimenting with with, with with things that were not that healthy and good for your life, if I can say it like that and and he had he had, he had a hard time in many ways, but we were not aware of that. So we just prayed for him. And we, we knew that he was smoking weed, and we knew that he was drinking too much, and we knew that he was, he was having a hard time sometimes fighting with depression. But, 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 but so when we prayed for him, we prayed from a perspective of God help him and protect our son, and please don't. Help him not to make a, a, a girl pregnant, and you know we pray stuff like that because because we want God to protect him from things that would be uh, negative from him for him in, in his future so one day suddenly God spoke to us and we realized that we were praying the wrong way and He said, instead of praying for your son out of fear, I want you to pray for your son out of faith and and we realized that that, that all these years we have been praying our fears out instead of speaking our faith out and and when we pray our fears out what we're doing is just reflecting what we feel in what we are saying but when we speak our when we pray our faith out what we do is we connect with whatever god is saying about our son whatever god is thinking about our son And suddenly in that moment, I realized that I needed to see my son with new eyes. I needed to get a new perspective. I couldn't change the fact that he was smoking too much weed. I couldn't change the fact that he was in some ways, you know, walking away, far away from God. and, And didn't have any interest in God at all. I couldn't change that fact, but I could change my filter. I could change the way I saw it. I could change my perspective. And that's what God said to my wife and myself. I want you to change your filter. I want you to see this in a, new, in a new way. So we started to speak. I said, okay, how do you see my son, Father? So he started to download things in my spirit about my son. Scriptures and promises and prophetic words from years back. All those things we started to download from the Holy Spirit in our spirits. And we began to speak out, not just pray for Daniel, but speak out the things of God. We started as Romans 4.17 says, to speak about the things that are not yet a reality as though they were already a reality. Hey, you are a great leader in the kingdom of God, I said. Your life will influence many people. You will have a spirit of wisdom on your life. And you will find solutions that will bring help to many people around you. He gave me the words from the book of Daniel and, uh, and, and his friends. And, and that whole story about Daniel and his friends, how the, how the friends went through the furnace, through the fire. And, and the Bible tells us that when they came out, there was not even a smoke of smell on their, on their bodies. And, and one day God spoke to me about that. He said, hey, your son is going through the fire. It could kill him, but he will get through it. And when he gets out of it, he will not even smell of smoke. I have protected him. Have faith in me. So, so that became our prayer and that became our confession for, for our son. We, had, like, we did like this. I think we prayed like this and confessed like this for like four years. And, and then, then my wife said, this year, his 30th year, that's where he will... Jesus, this is the year where I believe that you're saying that he will be saved. In June, the year where he turned 30, he called me on the phone. It's one year ago. He called me on the phone and he said, Dad, I have something to tell you. And I said, okay, what's that? I said, I prayed Jesus to come into my life again. And I was like, honestly, I'm, I'm just honest now, okay? We are honest in open church, okay? Yeah. I thought, has he been smoking weed? Has he been drinking too much or is he joking? You know, that was my first thought. Honestly, I'm just, I'm just, here, what a dad I am. I've been praying for him and confessing. And then he's calling me and telling me that he received Jesus. And all I think about is, have you been smoking weed? But I, I could hear, no, he had had an encounter with Jesus. So he spoke for an hour. He just spoke and spoke and spoke. And told me everything about what had happened and how God met him and and how he had had this experience of of actually having a new solution for an engineer problem that he was trying to solve, but he couldn 't solve he had been trying to solve that since he started to uh, to uh, become an engineer and nobody around him could solve it and he was so irritated about that and worked with this problem for for years but couldn 't find a solution one day we one of my one from our church calls him and says, can you uh, do the engineer work in the new church building? We are? Can you do the calculations and all that stuff? So he was sitting calculating on our new church building as suddenly he got a revelation about how to solve that problem. And when he got that, it was like a revelation of more than an engineering problem, problem for him because he's very logical up here in his head. He was like, okay, that's weird. I was working for my dad's church for the first time I'm doing something for the church for many, many years. And suddenly I get the solution to this problem that not just I have, but many engineers have in all of Denmark, probably all over the place. And he, and he got so inspired and excited about that, that he realized that all this time I've been saying to God, I don't want him in my life. And I've forgotten about him, but all this time he has been there walking just beside me. So he, so he said to himself, if that's the case, he's here right now. Because if he is God, he must be omnipresent. Otherwise, he can't be God. If he's God, he's everywhere. He's in this breath that I take right now. And he was laying in his bed. And he said, yes, Jesus, if you're here, I breathe you in right now into my life again. Come back into my life. Within one week, all the pressure, he had had free depressions. The depression just left him. And he was totally free within one week and his life was, was changed. Wow. Now, why do I tell that? Because the way we see things changes our reality. Everything that God does, he does inside of you before he does it on the outside of you. Now, you were speaking about giving before Sylvester and about your faith, step step of faith, when it comes to your own finances. Now, now you never have the money before you give them. That's the thing you need to know. It starts with faith. It starts with seeing things and life as God sees it. And if you see your life and your circumstances as God sees it, then in the things that are terrible, a terrible mess, a very uncomfortable or or or, or frustrating or even fearful you will suddenly be able to find the word of God and the promise of God and the perspective of God and you'll find a way through it and you'll find a way out when you start giving it's not because you necessarily have it's because you have a word from God in your heart that that's the right thing to do and then you start walking on the water and when you start walking on the water, you realize Jesus is here with me. He is carrying me. He is helping me. He is walking with me. Now, Paul, he went through many things. We can agree on that, right? He is writing to the Corinthians in Second Corinthians that we serve God. I serve God uh, whether I get honored or whether people despise us, whether they slander us or whether they praise us. We are honest, but they call us imposters. We are ignored even though we are well-known. We live close to death, but we are still alive. We have been beaten, but we have not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. Now, this is a whole list of things. And then right after this list of things that Paul is is. Um, is listening to the Corinthians, he comes to the place, and, and I want to read this from the, the Message Bible, because I love this ver- version, this translation of the Bible. Then, then Paul is saying, dear, dear Corinthians. Now, most of us hearing that list of things that he was going through would say, oh, I don't want a life like that, right? I want a blessed life. I only want the blessing. But Paul, Paul, Paul had it both. He had it all. And right after he has been through this list of things that he was going through, he said, dear, dear Corinthians, I can tell you, that will come on the screen up there, yeah. I can tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide-open, spacious life. What? Paul saw his life as a blessing. Even the troubles, even the difficulties, even the things that went against him, He saw, he counted as a blessing. And he go on by saying, we didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you are living them in a small way. Isn't that amazing? The smallness you feel comes from within. Your lives aren't small, but you are living them in a small way. Hey, God is speaking to us. He said, you, you aren't small, you don't need to live in fear, but you live, like though you, had to, you live like you had to live in fear. You don't, you're not small, but you live your life in a small way. Do not live a small life, Paul says. I'm speaking as plainly as I can, and with great affection, open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. How can you live your life with that perspective? How can you be surrounded by things that are difficult? How can you be surrounded by facts that are not that do not look like a blessing and still count them as a blessing? It's all about your filter. It's all about your perception. It's all about your perspective. If you change your perspective, if you change your filter, you can change your life. Amen? How do you see your life? Are you a victim or are you a winner? Are you, I, 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 are you victim by your circumstances or do you decide that no matter what my circumstances look like, I know that God is before me. And if God is before me, who can be against me? There's nothing that can be against you that matters at least. You can't control what happened to you, but you can control how you react to the things that happens to you. You can't control how your wife speaks to you. Right? But you can control how you react to when how you react when your wife speaks to you like that. Hmm? You can't always control what happens to your finances, but you can control how you react when that happens to your finances. Small lives is a result of not seeing your facts and your life circumstances through God's filter and God's perspective. I'm here today to give you hope. I'm here today to hopefully lift up your eyes and let you see that whatever you're going through, God is with you. And if you get a new perspective on the things you're going through, God will not just change your perspective, He will change your life. That's good. Now, now when uh, there's a story in the Old Testament where Elisha, the prophet Elisha, he's he's in a city with his servant. Some of you will know this story. It's in in, uh, 2 Kings. And uh, and they are in this city and they are surrounded by uh, a big army of Philistines who want to kill them. Not a nice situation to be in, right? Surrounded by enemies and they want to kill you. Now, Elisha didn't, Elisha wasn't afraid, but his servant was very afraid. His servant was so afraid that he he didn't know what to do, he panicked. And in that situation, we read that the prophet is saying to him, don't be afraid. How can you say, listen, how can you say that when you're surrounded by enemies, when you're surrounded by thousands of chariots, people that want to kill you? How can you say, don't be afraid, you have no weapons, you have nothing, you're only two persons. Well, you can only say that because you see something else. So the prophet said, the prophet said to his servant, For there are more, don't be afraid, for there are more on our side than on theirs. What are you talking about? That's weird. That's, that's not true. That's not the fact. The fact is that we are surrounded by enemies. Everyone can see it. Yes, but there's another fact. There's another perspective, and if you can see that, your life will change. Then Elijah prayed, like prayed, "O oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see." And the Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Wow, you're going to find what you're looking for. You're going to see what you're looking for. And sometimes we need to change our perspective to change our lives. When the 12 spies, they went into the land that God had told them that he wanted to give them, you know the story, they came back, 10 of them, they all, I mean, they all saw the same. Everybody saw the same country. They saw the same trees. They saw the same people. But 10 of them came back with problems, resist, with resistance, Giants, it's not possible. We cannot take this land. It's crazy. And two came back and saw something else. Opportunities. Possibilities. Wow. What a country. They didn't see the giants as giants. They saw them as grasshoppers. But, but they were giants, Sylvester. Like I'm taller than you. That's a fact, Right? So if you were standing in front of me and we were to fight, I would, I would be the giant. And you, you couldn't say, well, you're not a giant. Yes. Yes, you could say that, but there would still be the fact that I was the biggest, right? So, so you would probably adjust to, to that fight accordingly, right? But, but on the inside, you could tell yourself another story. You could change your perspective and look at me just like David looked at Goliath. Because you see, the Israelites looked at Goliath and they were scared to death. They were like, he is so big. I don't know how big he was. How big was he, Johannes? Do you know? Three meters or something like that. 325, I think maybe. Something like that. He was so big. They were scared to death. (laughs) Because of this giant, of course they were. And and he was standing there every day cursing the armies of the Lord and saying, Hey, anybody want to fight me? If you can fight me and if you can win, we are yours. Come on, guys. Who want to fight? And they were shaking and nervous and afraid and paralyzed. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't even move. They were just sitting there in the camp waiting. I don't know what they were waiting for, but nothing happened. Here comes little David, like you, Sylvester. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, I'm using you, my friend. Here comes it he- with with uh, what do you call that? Um, yeah, yeah. But here he comes with um, his backpack, his, his 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 lunchbox. Yeah, da 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 da. What's that? What's who's that guy? And you, you know the whole story. What is he? Why is he ridiculing the the army of God? That's who is who is doing that by the way? That's crazy. And, and so he had a totally other d- perspective here on, on on what he saw. And and, and he said to, to the kings, to King Saul, well, why don't you why don't you go out and kill this guy? he's, he's ridiculing the, the army of God. Well, no, we won't do it, we can't do it, he's so big. Well, let me do it then. But you're so small. You're so small. And, and, and so, so so they were looking at the facts, and they were evaluating the situation based on facts. But, but we need to understand, in the kingdom of God, we don't deny facts. Eh? Amen? You don't deny. It's not like, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, and you're, bleh, 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 I'm not sick. We don't deny facts. Yes, you're sick. Okay, fine. But we see something else. That can change the situation, that can change reality, that can change fact, and that can change our lives. And when we see that, when we see what God is seeing, and that was what David, he did. So David, he went to Goliath, and he looked up on him and said, yeah, you're big. And it seems like they are so afraid of you because you're so big. But in my eyes, you're so big, I can't miss you. Come on. It's all about perspective. And he took his slain and he threw the stone right in his head. You see, sometimes you think a a problem is so big that it overwhelms you, but it's so, so big that you can't miss it. Come on. Are you here today? This is good news. You need a new perspective. You need new eyes to see. And if we get new eyes to see, we will change our lives. When God changes our filter, he changes our lives. It's easier, just five quick points. You can, I give it to you here. It's easier to be gripped by fear than filled with faith. It's all about your filter. But remember, it's easier to be gripped by fear than filled with faith. Faith takes determination. Faith takes focus. That you look in another direction. And the direction that created the fear in the first place. Second. It's not the size of your opponent that matter. It's the size of your God. It's the size of who is fighting for you. Three. There's always a giant. Between you and your promise. There's always a problem. There's always resistance. Between you and your promise. You, you don't just get it easy. There's always something trying to resist. Four. You don't need Saul's, Saul's, Saul's armor. What you need is already in your hands. God will always give you the tools and resources you need to win the battle. Are you hearing me? You, Saul wanted to give. You know the story. He wanted to give him his armor. It was like it was so big that it he couldn't walk in it. It's crazy. You don't need another man's anointing. Do you hear me? Don't run after other people's anointing. Don't run after my anointing. Come on, are you here today? You are anointed. You have the Holy Spirit. You are connected to God. You don't need a middleman. You already have one. His name is Jesus. Hello. So stop running around like a little victim of life. Trying to find somebody that can make you better. You already have everything it takes for life. And Godliness, the Bible tells us. Everything you need is already in your hands. Moses, what do you have in your hands? I just have a stick. It's worth nothing. It's just my shepherd's stick. It's, it's worth nothing. But Moses, what do you have in your hand? I have this. Okay, throw it on the floor. And he did. I want to use what you have in your hand. What you have in your house, what you have in your hand is, is enough. Don't envy people who have more than you have. Don't envy people who can do things that you can't do. Just accept the fact that you are created in the image of God and everything you need to live the life God called you to live is already in you. He is with you. And he will release it when you get a new perspective. Amen? Amen? And the fifth thing is that, oh, oh sorry, I, can't, I, can't, I started to preach that. But the, third, the fifth thing is the battle is not yours or for your own sake. It's always to pave the way for God's purpose for somebody else. Whenever God challenges you to overcome something in your life, whenever you meet a giant, whenever you meet problems, you're not just fighting them. Remember this, you're not just fighting your problems on your own behalf. You're fighting, you're fighting your, on, on behalf of future generations. You're fighting on behalf of other people around you. Okay? It's never just about you and your blessing and your life. It's always about something bigger and somebody else.